Hey friends, welcome to Naked in Truth, the podcast that's designed to open up your mind, to help you break down walls and barriers in your life that you might not even know exist yet. But don't worry, every wall that we break down together on this podcast allows you the opportunity to level up and create your impact. With that being said, I think it's time for us to get honest, vulnerable, and naked in truth. with somebody very special, somebody who is going to kick up the heat on this podcast. And I was so excited for the spiciness that she is about to bring. So guys, I would like to introduce Dr. Tara. She is a professor at Cal State and she teaches sexual communication. She also does coaching outside of the classroom on sex and relationships and to make sure that you're having good sex in your relationship. Okay. And then to top it all off, she is also a podcast host. So you guys are going to have to go and check her out on her show, Love Bites. And it's all about sexual wellness. So she is going to be able to give us all the tips that we need to make sure that we are having the best sex in our lives. So Dr. Tara, can you please say hey to the listeners? Let us know how you're doing and where are you located? Thank you so much for having me. That was such an amazing intro. Absolutely. I'm seriously (laughs) so stoked to have you. You have no idea. (laughs) Oh, it's my pleasure. And how am I doing? Oh my gosh. Uh, It's, it's been an orgasmic day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I had a few orgasms this morning. Morning sex is my favorite. I agree. Are you a morning or night girl? I am a morning. Let's let's get it going. Let's get the day started right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like morning. I think it's very intimate. Like when you wake up and, you know, when you're attracted to your partner, their morning like smell, like that body smell, it smells very attractive. So I that gets me that. really horny. And Absolutely. I'm like reaching over, like, do I have your consent? <laughs> Can we can we proceed with this, honey? Can we proceed with this? And yeah, I yeah, I'm a morning sex girl, but I mean, not discriminating nighttime. You know, nighttime can be very passionate. Can be, I feel like it can be very naughty. It can. Be, yeah. I agree. That is when the dark side maybe comes out a yeah. little bit. Eh? Yeah, the kink and stuff Absolutely. like that can definitely come out at night. And uh, yeah, so I would say I, I don't discriminate the nighttime sex. But Mm-mm. thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to just have a conversation with you. I'll be asking you questions about your sex life as well. Okay, well, (laughs) let's get things going. So the cool part about Dr. Tara is that she wasn't always this spicy, vibrant, confident person in her sex life. So there was actually a time in her life where she felt like she was missing part of her own identity. And she was able to dive deep into sexual education, what that really meant for her as a person, finding her true identity, being able to build up really killer confidence, if you can't tell already, (laughs) um, and also to be able to be a better partner in her relationship. So Dr. Tara, can you please give us a little bit of a background story of where you really started with all this and how you turned into the woman that you are today? Yes, yes, yes. Of course. I love telling my story because I like normalizing like we're not all like sex gods and goddesses. Yes. 
And that's okay. That's totally okay. We all start somewhere. And where I started, I would say from one to 10 was a zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know what? There's going to be people listening who will resonate really deep with that because I think that there's a lot of stigma out there that everybody needs to be a porn star in bed. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. really glad that you are um, bringing this to the table, that it's okay to start off at a zero and you can still get to where you need to be, right? Yeah, exactly. And for those of you that like can't see me that you're listening on the podcast, uh, I'm like a small Asian girl. And growing up, I was really skinny. Uh, so I never really felt like I was sexy. sexy. I never felt like I looked sexy comparing to, you know, magazines and movies. I'm no Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> right? Totally. So Yeah, with all of that, like, body image issue, like, from just looking at, you know, movie stars and celebrities, like, I was super self-conscious. I never thought I would look sexy. I never felt sexy. I was actually quite sexually anxious. Um, Not in a way that I couldn't engage in sex. Like, I could have sex. For sure. And it's, like, okay sex. But it was just on your mind so much that it was taking oh, away yeah. from the ability to actually have great sex, right? Gosh, I mean, there was a time I couldn't even like uh, have the lights on. Yeah, see, and oh, this is okay. So I'm I'm a personal trainer, and I think that it's really important to be confident in your body to be able to have sex with the lights on. This is so important, guys. And so many people, even people who we think look amazing on the outside, but don't have that confidence on the inside are having sex with the lights off. So don't be surprised, you know, or you know what I mean? Because there are oh, 100%. There who, who you would assume are so confident that are having sex with the lights off. So that's a really good point to bring up. 100%. And we're like such a good duo right now talking about body image because in my research based on 5,002 subjects, wow. uh, the one of the biggest factors to your own sexual self-esteem is body image. Mm. you train people to get healthier yeah you train people to get healthier and to look good the way that they feel good yeah right and that's so important people think it's just about like the looks right like oh like i want to get skinny i want to have abs i want to have smaller arms i want to have smaller legs like whatever it's not just that though no it's not it's so much deeper I'm so proud of you for bringing this up because, you know, I think that this is something that I've been talking about, you know, more on the fitness side of things, but a lot of the people who we look up to and we think that their lives are just perfect because of the way that they look, don't actually have this, the confidence that we actually see as admirable and don't actually say, you know, positive things to themselves while they're in those situations where they need to be confident, but we're assuming that they are simply because they look a certain way. And I think that that's a great message to remind everybody that achieving your fitness goals, um, like your physical goals on the outside is not going to bring you any closer to your confidence if you're not willing to work on it on the inside, right? 100%. Well said. So what did your journey look like then to build up that confidence? Because like, girl, you are fire right now. (laughs) I do love sex. (laughs) Now I initiate sex all the time because it feels good for me. Yes. And I know that I'm I'm empowered to give the pleasure to my partner Mm -hmm. because I know that I am competent, like that I'm a good lover. Right. But man, to get here (laughs) uh, many years. Mm -hmm. So let's. So let's start a little bit from like where I grew up. I'm actually not from the U.S. Uh, I'm from Thailand. Oh, no way. Yeah, I'm from Bangkok, Thailand. Wow. And Thailand, as much as it shows on media as like a sex tourism place. Yeah, totally. 
for people in Thai culture, it's very, very sexually conservative, very conservative, very sexually repressed. I would have never guessed. You would never guess. Exactly. People are like, "Oh my god, Thailand! That's where you go like and have sex with a lady boy." I'm like, "Well, that's the media. Like, that's what it shows in the right, media." Right. But like, people that grow up there know how conservative it is. So when so, you're saying conservative, is that only in regards to how sex. you're going PDA in in public or talking about sex or how you're dressing? Like, how does it go overall? Gosh, girl, PDA is super frowned upon. You can okay. never kiss. You kiss like. In the public, that's so um, that's so taboo. Really? Here in Los Angeles, it's like you can make out, you can like touch like boobs and buds, and yeah, after the club, you see everything. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. You know, dresses climbing on top of a lap. You never know what's going on under there. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, you go, girl. Like you know, it's totally it, it depends in in places in in America. I'm not saying it's like that everywhere, but definitely no, right. Los Angeles. Yeah. Um. So in in Thailand, like PDA is super frowned. I like would never do PDA like wow. never like so just in public not in and of itself like it's like you know that the only place that you can even express or talk about this energy is like in the bedroom by itself and it's like you know so I mean? much secrecy yeah yeah it's a secret and people are so afraid to talk about who they're having sex with like think about the scene in sex in the city like zero of that is happening in Thailand okay all right well yeah they don't we talk about sex <laughs> they don't ever talk about sex like growing up with my friends like even when we hit puberty and stuff we never talk about sex like we're we suppress the shit out of like yeah we this gracious i can't even imagine your girl talk how boring hey (laughs) so boring so boring i also grew up in a i went to an all-girls school so my first sexual experience was with a girl yeah. Okay. Well, no yeah. doubt. Absolutely. That doesn't. It was like it. making out and like she gave me a hickey and like she like tried to like touch my clit. And like that yeah. was my first experience, like sexual. Absolutely. And even that, like I went home and my parents saw my hickey. And I think my mom was like really ashamed that like now I have this hickey on my neck. How inappropriate. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that's the thing you can't like, even, trashy. Like, like, like it's showing other people yeah. at all times what you yeah. were up to, right? Exactly. So like I had a lot of shame. Oh, absolutely. Because that's what you were told you needed to be. You were planning to be that kind of person. Your girl, you want to be a good girl. You don't want to be sexually active. A good girl is not sexually active. A good girl who's pure, who's shy, who is submissive, who's not speaking out for herself because she knows her position um, is not sexually active. Right. Wow. Insane. Yeah, okay. So how bullshit. long were you in Thailand before you were able to go over to the US then? Oh my God. I came here in my twenties. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was like literally trucking along the whole time into your adulthood. Just shamefully having sex. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's no wonder why it wasn't good. So, okay. So how, how old were you when you first had sex then? Uh, penetrative sex with a man was when I was, um, 18. Okay. And so then until you came over, what, and then I came over in my twenties, uh, and my friend took me to a sex toy store for the very first time. And it's a huge store. Okay. And now, whoops, sorry. Did you happen to have, uh, tried masturbation before then? I did. I did. I was a very sexually active girl. Like, I mean, I had a very sexually, uh, sexual imagination like okay I remember I was 
maybe 11. And in Thailand, we use those like handheld bidet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like okay, we don't use okay, toilet okay. paper. Like we use handheld bidet. And I remember just using it on my clit and remember totally. feeling good. I never had an orgasm, but remember feeling good. Like, whoa, what's this? And What is I would, this? <laughs> I would do that like throughout my, yeah, like early teenage years. And basically throughout my whole life, like I have always liked masturbation. Good for you, girl. That is amazing. When did you masturbate? It would have been the same as you. It would have been young. It would have been like the the thing is is that I had an extremely high libido mm-hmm. um, when I was younger, and so I started getting sexually active way before anybody else. So like. Really, this is like probably not what anybody wants to hear, but like you know, starting to get sexually active at like eleven, having sex for the first time at thirteen, yeah, um, and and really just going from there. Yeah, the age of sexual debut keeps going down, like younger and younger. So like it used in the nineties, it used to be sixteen years old, and I think right. now thirteen is the the like normal age of sexual debut. And you know what? It's one of those things where it sucked at the time, um, just because nobody understood it, right? So it was like you know, older guys were going for me. So then that starts the reputation of you're such a slut, right? Right, and, which and, is and damaging. That, it, it really is, and that's honestly what what I think really happened to me is that you know I was I was looking for male attention super young. And then I ended up searching for it, having the confidence to to you know hook up with guys, thinking that if I hooked up with them, it was going to make them love me, you know yes. what I mean, and and be appreciative. And I was really everything mattered so much about being popular, and I I felt so much pressure on myself that I just needed to keep climbing the ladder. Um, but all it did was I just kept degrading myself because I I, I never found that self love in the meantime, and so it took a lot of years of making the same mistake and bad. Rep- Reputation and and moving locations and having really scary situations, putting myself in scary situations because I I didn't look after myself and you know that's that's one thing that I'm really proud of now is is just the the, the self respect that I do have and I think that that's so important in in the talk of sexual intercourse is making sure that you're making the decision off of self respect because it's something that you want like you said like you're like I initiate it now because that's something that I want. For you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you feel like you need to do for them in order mm-hmm. to fulfill a part of you. It's like you know that you want the sexual side of things, and it. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but I also think that I was, I was hooking up with guys before they even thought about a libido for the most part. You know what I mean? Like right, it's like right. like they were so young that it's like it's it, they they weren't in the same mindset that I was. You know, like I got my period in grade five. Like so, I was just like supercharged. I feel like when you when you look at hormones yeah. on the side of things, and uh, so that for me definitely created a really tough. Um, preteen, teenage years for me, but at the same point too, I wouldn't be who I am today at 28 if I didn't go through all that bullshit. And you know, everybody now is like trying to figure out men and relationships and all these things and figuring out their own sexual preferences and and different stuff like that. Where it's like, oh, I'm so glad that I got that shit over with when I did. You know what I mean? So that's exactly kind of my background. And I'm so grateful that you share that because I think a lot of women, maybe they don't even realize it themselves uh, yet, but a lot of women are were or are in the same path as what you just explained exactly. Uh, a lot of young women have sex uh, with. A lot of people wanting validation and love, and the, mm-hmm. it's a part of this like. Uh, epidemic of females having people pleasing behavior. Yeah, 
they think, oh, I go on a date with them. They take me to a nice dinner. I have to have sex with them. That's yeah. To please it's a have to. It's a, it's a reciprocal. Yeah, it's I have to have sex with them. That we provide, right? Yes. That's why I love saying things like, you know, getting sexual validation from people who don't actually care about you is very damaging. Oh, it is such a scary place to be. And I don't wish that upon anybody because you you never feel more lost, broken, damaged, confused. Like if, if you want everything to not make fucking sense, be in that position. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I went through the same thing as you in like, a, I mean, it's like maybe a two year span of like yeah. wanting so much acceptance and validation from just having sex with strangers. Yeah. And, you know, like I wouldn't change that because again, same as you, I feel like it's, it has taught me so much and I am who I am today because of all of my experiences. So I wouldn't have changed that. However, when I do have children, I would like to teach them the values of like, you are good on your own as well. <laughs> you don't, well, I think need that, this you know, validation. Absolutely. And if they could just teach self-love in school, what that looks like, what that looks like as respect to yourself, what that looks like as respect towards other people and your partner. If they weren't so scared to talk about sex, if they weren't so scared to talk about contraception, you know, all so much would be different in this world because sex wouldn't be as young. There wouldn't be as many abortions. There would be so many things that would be different because women would be loving themselves. And like, like, that's just my story. Like, like I just, I know myself, if I would have learned how to properly love myself, how to properly treat other people at that time, you know, because you end up hurting a lot of other people when you are in a spiral looking for that validation. Oh yeah. I feel like I've hurt, you know, so many people just in my twenties, just either like cheating or, you know, uh, hurtful language or Absolutely. hurtful behaviors because I didn't even know myself. And I was, yes. uh, I was, I was having, you know, self-conscious issues, body image issues, communication issues. So from all of that, that is why I'm such a huge supporter of sex and relationship education, yes. a comprehensive education about this and being a professor and, the two courses that I teach are sexual communication and personal relationships. So it's two separate courses. And I feel like it's so, so valuable. And I'm not sure why I'm teaching like college seniors. I should really be teaching middle school. Yes. Uh, all of this. Right. Because we should have known when we were 13. Well, like if I'm getting my period in grade five, like exactly. my, my, my hormones, my hormones are through the roof. Right. And I'm not proper, properly learning about sexual education all throughout the rest of school. Like those health classes were a joke. Nobody knew how <laughs> yeah. to take them seriously because everybody made them so taboo. You know right. what I mean? And maybe people would pay more attention if we talked more about the word penis a little bit younger mm -hmm. so that it's not like, ah, they just said, you know what I mean? Because that's what health class turns into in those younger years. And they're not bringing up the proper information, even though a lot of those kids are going off and doing things. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, you know, because it's such like uh, a boring class, typically the sex ed or sexual health class that high schoolers have here, because you usually it's really boring. It's not like an engaging conversation no. about healthy relationships. Uh -huh. They too, like they don't listen. No. So in a way, it's so ineffective. Like we don't we don't even need it. Like, we need to revamp everything. 
Yeah, Whoa, for sure. Okay. So we went on a tangent here from, <laughs> from masturbation into a tangent. So, so you came to LA, you found your first sex store. You obviously found your first toy. Yep. What happened from here? <laughs> It's explosions from here. So <laughs> we never look back. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of toys. Uh, they don't. So guys, if you're listening, they don't substitute you. They enhance the sexual encounter. So don't be afraid. Don't be angry at it. Don't prohibit your person to use it. Don't shame them of using it. It's, it's enhancing the experience overall. It's not substituting you if you're afraid that it's substituting you. Uh, so toys, I love toys. So from then, like, you know, we, uh, she helped me buy this pack of everything. It's like a samples pack. Nice. Uh, and so we went to the car and she, I'm like, okay, let's look at this one first. And it's a vibrator. And she's like, I'm like, okay, where do I put this? And she's like, well, just put it in the general area of your vulva and see where it feels good. Yeah, and you know my friend this friend is actually now a sex educator uh she teaches like consent communication she goes around the united states uh to like fraternities sororities um and like sports teams in talking about consent communication so she was the person that actually helped me buy my first toy and after that you know i'm i'm here now in america and i'm exposed i'm exposed to a lot of like sexually liberal ideas so like i started watching sex in the city with my roommate nice um and i remember vividly seeing samantha jones and i'm like holy shit must be so liberating to be so sexually unapologetic yes and to be so what a great way to be like independent that's the thing she's just a whole attraction of her own and you can just see that 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 confidence is what attracts man woman freaking dog you know what i mean yeah everyone (laughs) oh my god she's just yeah she exudes this i mean like i loved all the characters they have their flaws yeah um but for her like her character she is with me the most yes because she's so unapologetic and she's so like I don't need another person. I want them. Mm-hmm. Like I want them for sure. And they, you know, they don't substitute anything. They just add to my life versus yeah. like the other girls were like looking for someone, you know? Well, and like, I think that there's a lot of empowerment scenes with Samantha where they allowed her to quote unquote, use a man. Whereas, especially during that time, you know, cause that was still like earlier 2000s. So taboo. Right? Yeah. yeah and 1990s. Oh, holy. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're, you're, you're looking that far back and like to see a woman take charge like that and to be able to come in and be like, I just want some sex. I know you are attracted <laughs> to me, but unfortunately we were just doing this and I'm going to let you go here. Okay. So, so cool. So cool. Right. I totally understand. Yeah. Just me observing that was a pivotal moment for me. Like I want to be unapologetic about my, about me being sexually active and yes. assertive. Right. Uh, at that point I wasn't, I was assertive in other areas. Well, like slowly improving in being assertive in other areas, but sexually not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from then on, uh, I embarked on my personal journey and academic journey. Nice. So I started doing more research uh, on sex and relationship topics. Yeah. And I also started practicing a lot of like self-love and sexual wellness activities on my own. Nice. So I started meditating. I started journaling. I start. I went to some classes about sexual wellness and like women's circle. 
Uh, and then I also did a lot of research. So I had a lot of growth in my late 20s. Good for you. You really yeah. grow up. And, and you know, that's where I am right now. And I feel like it's I feel like this is the the best part. You know what I mean? Because you really understand your adulthood. You really start to understand yourself. So like, how fun is it that you really started to understand your sexual identity and how you can impact other people in your late twenties too? Like what a fresh start to your thirties. Hey, Oh my gosh. I love being in my thirties. Uh, oh. You know, a lot, uh, some people are like, Oh, I hate it. Like I'm 34 this year. Right. Like people okay. are like, oh, I'm just getting older. I'm closer to 40. I'm like, hell no. I fucking love being in my thirties. It's been the best. Uh, like in my twenties, there were so much insecurity and like chaos and just like misunderstandings and reinvention. Uh, like now I feel so good. So certain I show up to places. I know what I bring. Uh, I'm so confident. I feel great about where I am, where I'm going. Thirties is the shit, man. It's great. <laughs> that's where everything's been waiting. Right. And that's, the yeah. thing. you know what, like I just read the other day too, that, you know, women are supposed to, um, well, like statistically are the most sexual in their thirties and their forties, yes. or at least they, they feel the most confident to go in for more sexual activity than they did in their younger or, or later years. So like you're in your prime to get this done. And you're like, man, like not only is it my prime time, but I'm also a leader. And on top of it, I'm like, like you're, um, willfully taking that aging. Like you're, you're taking it as a blessing. Like you're like, I got extra knowledge. I can still be like sexier than I was at 26 at 34, you know? And I'm so much sexier. I am so much sexier now. Yeah. I feel great about myself and I did not feel like this. I, I know exactly how I used to feel. So to me, this contrast of how I feel right now is so amazing. It's so, so amazing because I was so self-conscious and insecure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't, I'm I'm just, I'm so, so grateful that you were able to find this for yourself. And so how do you feel like you are um, when it comes to fulfilling what you wanted to do for getting the message out there? Because I know like you starting the podcast, you said that this information needed to be known on the masses and you're the kind of person where you're engaging with all of your followers in the comments. You know, that's something that I, I noticed so much about you. And, and it's not like you're just giving a thank you. You're, you're digging deeper into why they're giving that comment. You want to know about people who are engaged with you, which I think shows so much passion. Um, and, and truly shows your desire to want to help others. And I know that we were talking prior to this and you had mentioned that you were, you were doing voice notes to, to people who are sending you messages to make sure that, you know, even if somebody can't necessarily afford your sessions one-on-one, um, that you can still help them out in, in little ways to be able to guide them because your mission is to make sure that really everybody's feeling sexually confident and, and feels good having sex in their relationship. Is that right? 100%, 1000%. (laughs) And thank you so much for bringing that up. I, uh, I feel special that you noticed that. I really do. I'm so curious about people. In a world that's so fake, and and I feel like you know, and nowadays, and and I feel like a lot has to do with the pandemic. People came out burnt out, you know, and and people mm-hmm. are are just tired. It it seems like, and you know, the conversations are falling fewer and fewer between. And I think that really the convenience of being able to communicate with somebody immediately all the time, um, it really lost a lot of passion that people had towards communicating. Period, and they've really just dropped it, assuming that everything is just 
instant, you know what I mean? And, and Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, like they don't even need to interact with the people who are on their Instagram because they know that they'll just keep on posting regardless, you know, just different things like that, where it's just like, I, I, I really admire, especially seeing somebody who has their account growing quite large because you have a a decent following, right? And, and when you have a large following like that, to see anybody actually take the time and then to take the time to actually find out the detail that's, that stands out. So, so good for you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm a naturally curious person. And especially when it comes to my passion on sex and relationship, like last night I went to a dinner party and um, the first thing I asked the person that I was talking to that was sitting across from me, like we didn't know each other. It was like a dinner party where you show up, it's in downtown LA um, and you get seated next to some people that the host uh, thought you would be great. Like, sitting next to each other so the first thing I asked like hey like how's it going did you masturbate today (laughs) and they were probably like what the fuck exactly but then that's a part of my mission in normalizing sex talks it should be easy like that yeah no, it really sure. should be. It really should be easy like that. And I'm just curious too. Like, you know, I often ask them, so what's your sex situation? What's your relationship situation? How is it going? How would you rate your sex life right now from one to 10? Like, it's so easy for me coming out of my mouth. And I know that with, you know, right amount of time, like after a few minutes, they get so comfortable and oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe the kind of like conversation, really private, yeah, the really, really Uh private information about them. They were willing to share with me. Yeah. Um, and I take pride in that. You build like, that trust I know level, that right? you will not share this with anyone in the world except me. Yes. And I take pride in that. And that's why when, uh, my uh, online, I call them like online patients or like online clients yeah, yeah, really yeah. do like spend the time to write their scenario, their situation, their problem out in like a long message and really explain what is the struggle here yeah. um, in the DM. I typically respond with a short like voice note and of an analysis of what's going on and how I would move forward. Beautiful. So that's a part of my passion is I think... Um, if they do trust me in telling their telling me about their sex issue, and it's typically something that a lot of people are very embarrassed about, yeah. Um, then I will spend the time to help. Yeah. No. And yeah. You know what? I think that you being curious though about other people really allows you to be great at your job. It probably allows you to be great in bed as well because that curiosity Ooh, should yeah. carry through, right? Yeah. Um, I'm so, like, okay, like a little finger in the butt. How does that feel? Where are we at here? Let's yeah. try it out. Well, and that's the thing though is that I'm I'm a firm believer that you know. It's so important to get experience. It's so important to do things hands-on and to and to really live life to say that you've been able to live, right? Like nobody wants to be on their deathbed being like, why didn't I actually do anything that I wanted to do? Why am I not totally cool with my identity? You know what I mean? And also like, what if you're in your deathbed and you're like, gosh, I had a awful sex life for 20 years. Like, <laughs> well, I don't oh. think that people realize what a release it is as well. And you know what? A lot of people, I think, hold on to tension, realizing that they're not having enough sex and that their life could be a lot more stress-free. They would be a lot less short when it comes to their reactions with people because sex is really good for us. Is it not? Sex is so powerful. I think that's why a lot of uh, organized groups or uh, 
are so afraid of it and try to have a repressed narrative to it, uh, toxic yeah. narrative like, oh, you have sex before marriage, you are going to hell yeah, because yeah, they yeah, know yeah. psychologically and behaviorally how powerful sexual um, satisfaction can be. Absolutely. And so what do you feel like, like, do you give people advice? Cause I know a lot of people are probably wondering, well, like, okay, like, am I having enough sex? So mm-hmm. what would you say to somebody who's like, well, am I having enough sex? Is that dependent on the person? Is there a number that you should be going off of? Like, we'd love to know what your expertise is of that. Love that question. So I'll talk about it in, in terms of like two frameworks. One is Whether or not you have enough sex is subjective to you and your partner's preference. Okay. Uh, Because for some people, it's like once every month, like perhaps they're in a long distance relationship where different cities, different countries, and they get to meet once a month and they have amazing in real life sex. Uh, That's cool. Like that's completely fine. And that's how your relationship is set up. But in meantime, you know, don't forget to do a little cyber sex, like, you know, dirty talk, uh, dirty text, um, all of that. Right. Uh, But for some people, it's like, oh, I want to have sex once a day. Some people I I want to have sex once a week. So from this first framework is how much sex you should have. For that to be a sexually satisfying relationship depends on you and your partner. And you must use communication to figure out. The problem that people have uh, the most is called mismatched sexual desire. But to me, that itself is not a problem as long as you communicate and compromise, collaborate. So let's let's say we're in a relationship. Yeah. I'm like, Sari, how many, how many times a week do you want to have sex? Like realistically, you'll be happy with about that amount. Okay. And then, so, so I'd give you my answer. So like, let's say, let's say it's three. Okay. Three times a week. Let's say I'm like, I'm super busy. I have this project. I'm pretty stressed out about that, but I do like connecting with you sexually. I want to have sex once a week. Now the math is simple. Three minus one is two. How do we substitute for that? Yes. Can we do mutual masturbation where we masturbate together in bed? There you go. And on the nights where you're tired, like what? Yeah, exactly. It's still relational maintenance. It's still good sexually uh, because you both get a release, but it's quick. It's a little bit more goal oriented, which is fine. Like no judgment in that. Can you do a little hand job? Can you do a little oral? Can you watch porn briefly and then do a little hand job? There's so many different creative ways to do this. But three minus one is two. And how do we substitute for that? That's the very simple way to deal with um, mismatched sexual desires. Now, the second framework is lots of research show that couples, long-term couples that have sex at least once a week are the most satisfied couples. Okay. And there's power in research because this is not just one study, multiple studies found if you have sex about once a week, uh, that tends to kind of keep with the sexual satisfaction that you need. Oh, so, so yeah, like if you have sex at least once a week. Okay. Well, that's really good to know because, you know, I think as well is that, you know, what do you have for advice for women? Because this is a question or not necessarily a question that I get, but a statement that I get more so is that, you know, a lot of women come into personal training 
they're struggling with a low libido, right? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, their libido is low. That, that's not the that's not the part of the question here. But what it is is that they feel guilty that they're that they're potentially not having enough sex with their partner. They also, in turn, though, aren't feeling great about their body image issues. What would you say to somebody like that to how to handle that situation and potentially make it so that they feel like they're doing enough for their partner, but that they're also enjoying it? Or if you just have any advice for anybody who feels like they're struggling with a low libido. Yes, I have like a great advice for this that you can do today. Yay. So for those of you uh, ladies that are experiencing low libido, but you do feel like, oh, but I don't want my husband to feel like I don't desire him. Yeah. Um, do this every day. Uh, adoration. Adoration. Yeah. Communicate adoration every day, even just one thing. And what does that mean? Instead of like, you know, obviously being appreciative of like, let's say if your partner um, unload the dishwasher, like, hey, thanks so much. Uh, That's great. Right. That's important. But adoration is all about them. The reason why this mismatched libido is a huge problem is because people don't communicate about it. And the person with the higher libido not getting sex feels undesired. Yes. They feel unwanted. They yeah. feel unsexy. Um, they feel dry yeah. because their partner don't want to have sex with them. When in fact, it's really not about them. It's about their partner not feeling the libido. Yeah. So communicate the adoration. They want to be wanted. Nice. Okay. They want to be desired. They want to feel sexy, handsome, uh, hot. Yeah. So, so, uh, so tell so them so- they have a great ass. There Tell we them go, you look right? so handsome today. You know, your like hair looks amazing. But you know, like touches exactly. here and there because you can still do that and love on your partner without feeling like you need to strip your clothes off and you know do your thing, right? You can adore them all day long without penetrative sex, and they will feel wanted. Yeah, because that solves you, the problem. Do you find that a lot of the time people with higher libidos do tend to find? Do do you find that their love language is physical touch a lot more Mm so? And Mm -hmm. so so no matter what, they're just they're happy with that physical touch, whether it's penetration or not. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes like deep cuddling. So when you even just like, let's say you watch your nighttime TV, like that one episode before you go to bed, instead of sitting separately and looking at your phone, sit really close to each other, maybe embrace each other, like hold on to each other. That touch is actually subconsciously really powerful. I love that so much. Yeah, the fact that you sit so far away, that's why, okay, like I don't want them to come after me, but I hate like lazy boy. Like, because that's an individual chair. Totally. You're alone. You choose to sit in this chair by yourself. Yeah. And I'm not about that. I feel like we need to spend more conscious time with our partner. And conscious meaning sit next to each other, hold hands, uh, hold on to each other when you watch TV. Like, it's okay to not have penetrative sex, but it's not okay to not love on your partner for years. And that's the thing is that I think that, you know, once you, I was just talking with my girlfriend about this last night and she's just like, I never want to get into a relationship and have it be roommates. Right. Like, like, I'm not like, I'm not here to be your roommate. Right. I'm here to be your partner and I want to be able to fulfill your desires. And you know, what ends up happening is then you get so used to your, your routines, you both get tired or like, what are we really liking? What are we not Mm -hmm. super liking right now? You know what I mean? Exactly. So what do you feel like would be um, 
advice that you would give to anybody right now to be able to increase their confidence um, a little bit before, you know, going into a session with you or something like that? Because, you know, I think a lot of people might even just be nervous to sign up because they don't know what to expect. And how will you allow them to become this confident person like what you are? Oh, I love this question. And also love the summary that you just gave. That was so succinct. Uh, And like, for me, there is no judgment whatsoever. I mean, someone comes to my dinner party and immediately tells me, hey, I started rimming my husband last night. Uh, You know, like, so there's no judgment whatsoever. If you don't want to have sex, you don't have to have sex. Let's talk about creative ways to be sexual. Yeah. Yeah. So like what you said, hey, it's okay. Like we have the intention to have sex, but damn, we get so tired. Can we just masturbate next to each other? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, do that. Yeah, (laughs) whatever makes sense for you as long as you can stay intimate because that's what we need as humans. Absolutely. Yeah, to stay intimate. So for me, there's no judgment whatsoever. But yes, in terms of confidence, my biggest suggestion, and I recommend this to everyone and I stand by it until the day I die, is sexual meditation. We're new to this. Fill us in, please. Yes. (laughs) So sexual meditation is similar to a regular meditation practice, but it focuses on uh, sexual thoughts, sexual breath, sexual sensations, and sexual self-esteem, like speaking like affirmations and positive self-talk. So it's meditation, but all about sex. Sounds like everything that I'm here for. So how do we get into sexual meditation? Where do we find this? Please do it tonight. Uh, I have five minutes and 10 minutes videos on YouTube. And if you just search Love Bites by Dr. Tara on YouTube, you'll find these five and 10 minutes video. As for the listeners, if you are a beginner to meditation or sexual meditation, start with the five minutes. Um, And, uh, you know, this the success that you get from the from the five minute meditation will allow you to feel more empowered to do longer sessions unbelievable because we literally just started launching meditation on naked in truth. So this oh, wonderful be any better timing so that we can get you introduced. We will definitely tag both of those in the show notes because this is going to be life-changing and something that you guys are going to be able to do today. And I know Dr. Tara is on limited time right now because I could keep her all day long filling me <laughs> in. So I want to wrap this up for her so that we can respect her time. And I really just want you to close it off with a piece of advice that you have for everybody um, that if they were in the position where you were just starting and, you know, they're not necessarily going to become an educator, but they do want to be able to grow that sexual confidence. They want to be able to meet their partner. What would you give them for a piece of advice to, to finish off this podcast? Can I do like two? Uh, I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, as an individual, Uh, I want you to know that you have the power to have better sex. You have the power to your own sexual wellness. You have the power to become more sexually confident. You just have to start believing in it and then take actions. Things like sexual meditation, journaling. You have to choose to embark on this sexual wellness journey. It's not going to come to you. 
It's not just going to be, you know, uh, serving to you and you're just uh, going to magically have better sex. You have to seek for it. And I want to stop you there to just add in that this message is very much for men as much as it, as it is for women, because I Everyone. think that there's this stigma that men are just supposed to be good at sex and that they're the ones that are really supposed to be the ones that start the, the, that side of things in a male and female relationship. Right. And so mm-hmm. I just want to th- shout out to the guys that like, if you're not feeling like a rock star, don't worry. It's okay. If you're at spot zero right now. And just because Dr. Tara is a female doesn't mean that this advice isn't reciprocatable over to you as well. Um, so I just, I got to give the shout out to the guys out there because I think that there's a lot of pressure on their backs sometimes. And I just got to say, you're perfect the way that you are. You can grow on this too, but don't underestimate the power of putting in this work. This isn't just for females. This can get you to the next level and make you exactly who you want to be in bed too. So I just want to stop, let you continue on now. (laughs) I love that because this is for everyone, men, women of all sexual orientation, like sexual wellness doesn't discriminate. Sexual wellness is literally for everyone and choosing to embark on a sexual wellness journey and doing these activities to improve yourself sexually. uh, It is great for everyone. So I love that you stopped me and also shout out for the guys. It's really important Um, for the couples. So I'm looking at you right now. (laughs) So for the couples, I strongly encourage you to start having sexy check-ins. Okay. Sexy check-ins in your relationship. What are sexy check-ins? These are intentional conversations that you have about your sex lives together once a month, once every three months, uh, whatever you choose to keep your sexual satisfaction intact. Wow. Okay. One of the reasons, uh, actually, uh, the top reason of uh, divorce is um, infidelity, sexual infidelity. And okay. a, lot of, a lot of times that comes from not being satisfied sexually. Yes. Absolutely. And, and, and so have the conversation, have the, because that's the thing is like, at least, so like if the, if the infidelity still happens later down the line, at least you can say you tried to have the conversation. Exactly. You know, it's, it's one of those safety net things. And, you know, if we can just really look at what Dr. Tara was able to teach us here. It really means that we need to check in with ourselves first and make sure that we are going to do that sexual meditation to really figure out ourselves and to be able to start building that confidence so that we can go into a conversation and ask our partner, what do we want this to look like? Let them know what our needs are and be able to come to something that looks like a mutual agreement between the two of you guys. And then as well to continue on in that relationship with those sexual check-ins. So there's so much valuable advice that she has given us here. And I know that there's many places that we can find her. So please let us know, Dr. Tara, where can we connect with you? Because I know that so many people are going to want to check in, at least check out your contact uh, content and very much go in for sessions as well. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find me on my website, which is lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. Lovebites.co has everything on there. You, there's my Instagram, TikTok, uh, and my podcast is on there as well. Beautiful. Well, I will make sure that I link that all in the show notes and I just can't thank you enough for coming on. I feel like we're going to have to do another episode in the future because we're, we got a good vibe going on. Here. We do. We're a great duo. I love having a conversation with you. Thank you so much. 
Absolutely. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And you know that I will catch you next fucking Monday. And that's another honest episode dropped. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Naked in Truth, where we come together every Monday morning to set the week off with intention. Don't forget to head over to our Instagram page at Naked in Truth Podcast to stay up to date on future episodes, guest speakers, and other kick-ass info that can help you continue to create your impact. And you know that reviews are so valuable when it comes to building a community of like-minded people. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please drop some love on Apple Podcast Reviews and share this episode with someone who you think needs it. Thank you guys so much again for tuning into today's episode. I'll catch you next Monday. And don't forget, love always wins.